0: Welcome back to another episode of the CSK8 podcast. My name is Jared O'Leary. Each podcast is either an interview with a guest or multiple guests or a solo episode where I unpack some scholarship. Not normally I've been alternating between a unpacking scholarship episode and interviews. However, my schedule and the schedule of the guests that I've contacted have been pretty busy over the summer. So while I've got several interviews lined up over the next couple months, I don't have an interview to share today. So instead, I'm going to do a solo episode that unpacks the paper titled, The Effects of Providing Starter Projects in Open-Ended Scratch Activities. This particular paper was written by Marika Conrad, Jen Palmer, David Weintraub, Donna Ediger, Zachary Crenshaw, Hoang Pham, and Diana Franklin. Apologies if I mispronounce any names. I do actually look up name pronunciations, by the way. So sorry if I still pronounce it wrong. All right, so here's the abstract for this paper. Quote, given the importance of broadening participation in the field of computing, goals of supporting personal expression and developing a sense of belonging must live alongside the goals of conceptual knowledge and developing disciplinary expertise. Integrating opportunities for students to be creative in how they enact computing ideas plays an important role when designing curricula. We examine how student creativity, as expressed through theme and the use of costumes, backdrops, and narrative in Scratch projects, is affected by using a theme starter project. Starter projects are scratch projects that include a set of sprites and backdrops aligned to a theme. Example, baseball but no code. Using within-group and between-group comparisons, we establish a baseline of what students do when they are given a starter project and explore how their projects differ in the absence of a starter project. This work contributes to our understanding of the impacts of structured elements within open-ended learning tasks and how we can design computer science learning experiences for students that promote opportunities for self-expression while engaging them in computing. End quote. All right, so if I were to summarize this particular paper into a single sentence, I'd say that it's a study that compares two groups of students to determine the impact of scratch starter projects on student creativity. All right, so this particular paper is guided by the question, quote, how does the use of theme starter project affect student creativity when authoring a computer program, end quote from page 38. So if that particular question and this paper sounds interesting to you, I do recommend taking a look at the paper itself. I include a link to it in the show notes, as well as links to the author Google Scholar profiles, so you can check out more publications by the authors. You can find the show notes at jaredoleary.com, which has hundreds, if not thousands, of free resources for CS educators, including a link to bootuppd.org, which is the nonprofit that I work for, where I create 100% free coding curriculum. So check it out if you're interested in learning more about Scratch and Scratch Junior through interest-driven projects that you can do in your class. All right, so in the Theory and Prior Work discussion, the authors mentioned that this is the curriculum Scratch Encore, which I've done another podcast episode on, and you can check that out in the show notes. And this particular curriculum is centered around the Use, Modify, Create framework, which I also do another podcast episode on that I'll include a link to. So the authors describe some other curricula and then compare that with the Scratch Encore curriculum. So if you're interested in that comparison, check that out on page 39. And then on page 40, they describe the participants and the context. So there was two groups within this particular study. So 165th through eighth grade students, so from ages 10 to 14. And in the first group, which had 78 students, it was three class sections taught by the same teacher. And this was grades six, seven, and eight. So in group A, they used a themed starter project for the first project, but not in the second project on conditional loops. However, Group B, which was 82 students from 5th through 7th grade, used a themed starter project for both of the projects that we're about to explore. So to analyze the projects for this particular study, the authors analyzed some scratch projects, and then they engaged in inter-rater reliability to kind of determine whether or not all of the authors like basically agreed and would have coded things or rated things a particular way. And they scored high, so if you want to nerd out and check out those numbers, check it out on page 40. All right, so let's talk about the different findings. So there are eight different findings that I'm going to briefly unpack, but I recommend taking a look at this by looking at the actual paper because I won't include everything in this particular podcast episode. All right, so this is between-group comparison for the first project where both of the groups were using a theme starter project. All right, so finding one, this is page 40, quote, students in both groups used similar numbers of backdrops and animated a similar number of sprites, but showed and programmed different number of sprites, end quote. So most students tended to use one backdrop. Most of the students had a similar number of animated sprites, so sprites who were moving in some way, either using a loop or continued animation. All right, so finding two for the between group results is, quote, Projects across groups maintained the dance theme of the starter project, but in both groups, students incorporated additional youth cultural and nonsensical elements. Interestingly, even though both of these groups at this point in this particular project were using the same theme starter project, 18.8% of group A had some kind of youth culture in their project. That's how the authors are describing it. But in group B, only 7.23% of the students had some kind of youth culture within their project. So an example might be like a meme. So that's interesting because they were working off of the same theme project as a starter project. Now finding three, quote, students in group A used narrative significantly more than students in group B, end quote. It's from page 40. So even though they both had the same theme starter project, group A used nearly twice as many say blocks compared to group B. And these say blocks are like the things where you can like give directions and make it so like a sprite looks like they're talking, either to the user or to other sprites or maybe even to themselves. All right, and then the last finding for this between-group analysis of the first project, where they were both working on a theme starter project, is, quote, students in both groups found ways to individualize projects within the starter project theme, end quote. Now, interestingly, group B was nearly twice as likely to add new costumes from the Scratch Library than group A. Now, this is a particular interest because group A ends up being more creative, uh, according to the authors on the second project when they didn't have to use the starter thing. Speaking of, so the next set of findings is comparing the two groups on the second project, where group B is the group that had the themed starter project and group A did not have to use that. So here's finding five from page 41. Quote, student projects created without starter projects differed aesthetically and thematically from those with starter projects, but used CS concepts in similar ways, end quote. So the total numbers of sprites that use conditionals within these projects, which that was the point of the projects for this one, so like if-else blocks, the number of sprites was basically the same across both groups. However, within group A, only 44.87% of the students use the theme of the starter project, whereas in group B that use the themed starter project, 92.86% of them stuck with that particular theme. So in other words, Students who didn't have that starter project were more likely to create their own theme while also using conditionals. And that group was more than three times as likely to reference youth culture in their projects. So for example, Group A had 38.46% of the projects reference some kind of youth culture, like a meme, whereas Group B only had 11.9% in this second project. They were also more likely to include nonsensical elements. So an example that they give is a giraffe that's talking to Apple AirPod headphones. There are also large differences in each group on whether or not they'd use the provided costume. So for example, Group B that had the theme starter project, 81% of them stuck with the original costume, whereas only 12.82% of the Group A students stuck with the costumes in the original project. That's a huge difference. In addition, Group A tended to deviate from the original theme. So an example they give is, quote, a scene depicts a hare and skeleton in a Kung Fu battle narrated by an apple, end quote as opposed to group B, which tended to focus on a train or a bus that's arriving late, which was the original theme in the starter project. So in other words, students who were engaging in projects that had a theme starter project were more likely to have projects that were similar or focus on the starter theme, whereas students who were given an open-ended prompt without a theme starter project incorporated the main CS concept of conditionals into the project at the same rate as their peers However, there was more diversity in terms of the end result of the projects. Now finding six is that, quote, starting without a theme starter project gave students the flexibility to choose a theme and incorporate youth culture and nonsense within their projects, end quote. From page 42, here's another quote from the same page, quote, twice as many projects, 30 as compared to 14 with the starter, reference youth culture when a starter project was not used, end quote. So kids were twice as likely to express themselves in different ways, if they did not use a starter project. That's fascinating. Finding seven is that, quote, students created variation within projects by selecting and uploading specific sprites and backdrops, end quote, it's from page 42, which makes sense. And also from page 42, finding eight is, quote, students use narrative, which grew more varied when they did not use theme starter projects to express themselves within projects, end quote. All right, so to kind of summarize everything, here's a quote from page 43. Quote, these findings point toward theme starter projects as being unnecessary in supporting students to finish open-ended projects. While potentially beneficial for students who need support getting started and helpful in streamlining the amount of time students take to create their projects, these theme starter projects appear to have limited or no effect on integration of computing concepts in students' work. Conversely, theme starter projects affect student creativity and the rate at which students incorporate uploaded assets and self-generated themes in their projects. Thus, CS educators, researchers, and curriculum developers should carefully consider whether to include theme starter projects based on the potential benefits to and needs of their specific student populations." End quote. So because it did not appear to impact whether or not students actually integrated the CS concepts into their final projects, yeah, we really should consider whether or not this is something that we should include or require of students. But that being said, I wanna talk about some lingering questions or thoughts that I have after reading this article. So one of them is, how does either approach impact cognitive load for novice scratchers or coders? So in particular, if you're engaging in a more advanced project, does it help to have a starter theme? Or does it help going one step further to have a starter project where it's like partially completed code? While that might help with cognitive load, another question that I have is how does either approach impact creativity? So in particular, how does this relate to studies on creativity within constraints? So some people, like some of the chip musicians in my dissertation, mentioned that they really like the constraints of creating music through chiptunes which is basically like creating music through old video game and computer hardware that wasn't necessarily designed to create music with it. So, For example, it's like a Game Boy. Some people really like this constraint. So they had this like idea, this theme that they wanted to work with, and they liked the constraints of the hardware and the software that they were using. They didn't want to just be able to use a more modern piece of technology to create music. So just thinking out loud, some people might love this approach of having a starter theme and other people might not like it. I personally probably wouldn't like it, but it depends on the day. So my last question would be, what kind of balance do you strive for with your projects? So as an example, as a curriculum developer for Bootup, I have created a range of projects that have project-based learning that is along a spectrum from like fixed projects to more flexible projects to more open-ended projects. So an example of a fixed project might be, create a game with two sprites, keeps score, One sprite is a player sprite, the other sprite is an enemy sprite, the other sprite is an enemy sprite, and it uses conditionals. The project uses conditionals, and it's using a theme of, I don't know, Space Invaders. A more flexible project might be, all right, use conditionals and variables in some kind of a project that you create. And then an open-ended project might just be, what kind of project can you create that's interesting to you? So the resources that I create for boot up have a range along that particular spectrum. We also have the opportunity to look at and remix an example project or a remix project. Some of those have completed code, some of them have partially completed code, and then some of them just have some themes to work off of without any code in them. Now, having used this approach in my classes and seen it used in classes across the nation, I can say that each one of these approaches is valuable in their own different ways, and some kids love one approach more than another approach on any given day. So while I really think these findings from this particular study are very interesting and worth considering, it's not something that can be generalized across all classes. We can't say, all right, we need to just get rid of starter theme projects or partially complete code, etc we need to do more follow-up studies, which I hope they do. But those are some of my lingering thoughts and questions related to this particular publication, which again, you can check out by visiting the show notes at jaredoleary.com. One request that I've got is if you are interested in being a guest on the show to talk about CS practice or research or anything that's of interest to K-12 and higher ed CS educators, please click the contact me button on my website and let me know. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this particular episode, and I hope you all stay safe and have a wonderful week.